Whether the last several decades have been an absolute dream, the worst, or something in between, one thing is for sure, that was then, and this is you. Hi friends, I'm Mary, and in this podcast, we talk about our jam-packed past lives, our relationships, the empty nest, and all the inevitable changes and challenges that midlife brings to our body, our mind, and most of all, our spirit. It's time to give yourself a break, let go of all the stuff that's been keeping you stuck, and think about what you want to do next and who you really are. There's an amazing badass woman in there somewhere, and she's ready to have the time of her life. Welcome to That Was Then. This is you. Well, hello, my friends. My name is Mary, and I'd like to welcome you to episode one of That Was Then, This Is You. This podcast is for women in midlife. Pretty broad term. I'm going to say mid-40s and up. Single, married, divorced, kids, no kids, working, retired, doesn't matter. All are welcome here. And for those of you that don't follow me or know who I am, My name is Mary. I'm a certified life coach and my area of specialty is women in midlife. I love that. I just think it's a kind of a challenging time. And I myself have had to work through some things. Um, A lot of things become kind of surprising and unfamiliar and kind of your day-to-day changes. You know, gradually, sometimes suddenly, but usually gradually. And before you know it, you are doing something different than you have been for the last couple decades. And yet a lot of things are the same, which is what I call being in a rut. I'm also the mom to four millennial daughters. So that's a whole novel in itself. (laughs) And sometime we'll talk about that more, but I'm sure they will be sprinkled throughout all of the conversations here. So again, so glad to be here. I am thrilled, excited about today's episode. Today, I want to talk about grown-up mean girls. And raising four daughters, like I said, I have a lot of experience talking about little mean girls. Because for some reason, little girls can be mean girls, but you don't see a lot of a lot of little boys being mean and being bullies. There are the handful, but overall, it's tough. Little girls are mean. And then we get into the junior high years and they're super mean many times. My girls would come home just crying, upset because something had happened to them. Someone said a thing about their hair. You know, someone didn't invite them, told them they couldn't sit at the table. This is just brutality. And as a mom, I don't have to tell those of you that are moms what that feels like. It feels like crap. When your sweet baby just comes home crying because their feelings are so hurt and their heart is broken and they're just crying those little brown eyes out it's not good and all of a sudden you are feeling like you don't even know what you're gonna do I always would feel like I didn't have control of my emotions at that point you just see red 
And, you know, I'm a person of faith. So to say that, it's just like, that's kind of hard to, to admit. But yeah, I had some evil, wicked thoughts. I would just think, I wonder if I would get in trouble if I, you know, fill in the blank. And it's awful. It's awful. This is a child, right? But you learn a lot. Your kids get tougher for it. And maybe some of you were bullied. I was. Not a ton, but I was. And I was never a bully. And I talked about being a bully to my girls a lot. We didn't live that life. And so I don't think they were bullies to anyone. And, you know, we don't always know when our kids are doing it. But trust me, I think that the parents that had bully daughters, there's a good chance that their mom was a bully and that they don't see it as bullying. But at any rate, here's the real issue today. When I would see those little girls, I would think to myself, the ones that were bullies, I would think to myself, well, that's just how they are now. Eventually, they're going to grow out of it and they'll just become nice, normal women. Or I thought to myself, they'll just turn into dust. I don't know what I thought, <laughs> but I sure didn't think that little mean girls stayed mean I just thought that was a thing like it was a stage that you always think of like junior high oh well that's a stage that they're going through uh you know they have their own issues to deal with and you know eventually that passes everyone matures and you know they make their own friends and everyone feels happy and hunky-dory well I'm talking about this today because I had an incident with a grown-up mean girl and it happened to me in a restaurant, and I encountered a grown-up mean girl who said a thing to me that was really bitchy, and I, it was a complete accident that I moved to an area of the front lobby that was in front of her, and I didn't realize what I was doing. I'm just like in my zone. I'm walking around. I'm walking up. So I got a really bitchy comment. I turned around. I was like, it was like I was kicked in the gut. I'm over apologizing like I always do. And like mean girls do, they don't really accept your apology. They just turn away and roll their eyes. And I'm just thinking, wow, that was really pretty too far. That was, that was a bridge too far. So that stayed with me the whole day. Now, that's not everybody, right? My friend calls me a hot house flower. I walk around like I'm super confident, but like I'm actually pretty delicate. So if somebody says something like that, I'm, I fold on the inside. I fold. Now my sister, on the other hand, love her so much. She's so confident that anytime anybody makes a comment in that, in that style to her, she looks at them like they have the problem, which is true, and that she, it doesn't even... It doesn't even stick to her. It just rolls off. I don't even know if it touches her. It's like she has this aura around her where it doesn't even touch her. And she can just go on with her day. I can't. I can't. Feels like right when it happens, kicked in the gut. Next thing I know, I'm going through my day in this funk. I'm telling people, either her, my sister, or one of my kids, I'm talking about it. 
because I'm just stunned. You know, like, who are these people? And I thought at first I thought, well, she's just a bitch. You know, she's just a bitch in a restaurant. But no, no, my friends, that's not what it is. It's not that simple. And I'm not going to let her off the hook. She's a grown up mean girl and they exist. And it's such a shame. And it's a shame because as women, we've worked so hard to earn respect in so many areas of society. I mean, let's face it, this has been a movement for decades. All for what? To turn around and then to each other? We're stabbing each other in the back? That doesn't seem right. It's almost like we'll, we'll be supportive and we'll be all go girl if that girl is a person that agrees and aligns with every single thing that you believe. But if they don't, you, you're going to be a mean girl. And you're going to ice them out. Or you're going to stab them in the back. We've worked really hard to get to this place. And lest you think that this is just, you know, midlife women. I can tell you, I watched The Bachelor. And I can tell you, a whole new breed of mean girls is born. Every generation, there's one. A breed. And so it, it just keeps happening. So I don't know what's happening at their house. I don't know how they're being raised. I don't know what's going on. But I'm very tenderhearted. And I didn't raise my daughters like that. I raised them to almost be kind of too tender to the point where, you know, I let people take advantage of me. They're a little bit stronger. Thank God. They're a little bit stronger. But we worked really hard to get to this place. And I really resent the fact that we feel that it's necessary to make fun of or berate or belittle women as grown women. That's just so bad. I mean, I don't expect it. And I, like I said, I thought it was a one-off, but now I see it. I see it now that I'm looking and paying attention, I see that it happened. So I wrote a blog post about this and believe it or not, it was the most read shared uh, clicked on blog post by a mile. And then I thought, and I thought I just wrote it because of this incident that happened and it was kind of bothering me. Very short little blog post. And I was just kind of spilling my guts. You know, I was just talking about a situation that happened. And I'm realizing now that a lot of women go through this. And it's kind of, it's sad, but the feeling of it isn't much different than the feeling that you had if it happened to you when you were in junior high. And it stirs up all those insecurities as if that was yesterday. And it's not good. I'm kind of embarrassed that it happens. But I guess the whole point is that I've kind of come a long way. And during my life coaching, I've had a coach myself, but also in the capacity of coaching other women, I know that these insecurities that we have from our childhood, they come up all the time. So, so that part's not surprising. But when something like this happens and someone triggers something like that, you have to really square up and really commit to yourself that you're not going to go backwards. We have to just always live in a future idea of what we want ourselves to be. And if you want to be a confident woman 
And if you want to get out of those old patterns and the rut, it's just new habits. I always say a rut is just created by habits that lasted too long. And a habit isn't, oh, I'm going to walk every day. A habit is even thinking poorly about ourselves. A habit is being uh, insecure, feeling less than, doubting ourselves, not being confident about walking into a room, not feeling confident in our body that we currently have. All those things are habits. And we get really, really good at it. And then pretty soon we're stuck in a rut. Then a mean girl comes along in a restaurant and boom, it all comes back. So there's a couple of things that I wanted to share just on that topic that I think might help. First of all, if you've never read The Four Agreements, do yourself the biggest favor of your life and read it. My favorite and the most difficult of The Four Agreements is don't take it personally. And this one is extremely difficult because we are pretty narcissistic people. (laughs) Like we do think everything is about us. Let's face it. I don't care even the nicest person, you're still in your own world, right? You wake up every day and you're like, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna eat? When should I go get coffee? It's I, 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 like, as it should be, right? You're in your world. But everything is personal. When somebody says a comment to you, you think it's about you and it's about them. Just like everything you do is personal, so is the garbage that a mean girl spews out. It's not about you. It's about them. Like, This woman clearly has some shit to work out. She needs some kind of counseling. She needs to dig deep. She needs somebody to take her back to that past and say, what is it that makes you feel better when you take someone down, when you make fun of someone? Did that happen to you a lot? How did that make you feel? Did your parents enable that behavior? Like, I have all kinds of questions, right? But you know what? I don't really care about the answer. What I care about is that I need to believe in my whole heart that that is not personal. And that day in the restaurant, I just felt like the whole day after that, she was walking around thinking, boy, I really got her, really got under that bitch's skin. But she wasn't. She wasn't. She was in that moment wanting to say what she said, and then she went on with her life. Why? Because we are self-centered. She didn't care about that. That was about her. So people feel the need to just speak everything that pops into their head, and I'm always just like, what in the world? Who taught you that? Now, I'm an Enneagram 5 which means I'm a quiet specialist, which means I'm not ever the one that's going to blurt something out without thinking about it. Never. Never. You'll never see me do that. I'm the last person to speak in a group of, you know, people if we're having a meeting. Why? Because I need to think about it. And you know what else? Because I'm so delicate, I need to also know that whatever I say isn't going to keep me up at night. I can't. 
I can't have it. I, my physiology just won't let me handle saying something mean or being hurtful to another person. I won't sleep. And I can't think of a thing, honestly, that I've ever said or done to hurt a person directly and, and just did it because I could. I never have done that. So anyway, so I'm that person. I don't want to say those things, right? But the point of it is, what is the actual benefit of holding on to anything that is said? There is no benefit. So believe in the idea that it's not personal and let it go. It's about her. You always have to say, that wasn't about me. That wasn't about me. I'm having an awesome day. I'm going to meet my friend for lunch and I don't really care. I'm bulletproof today. So whatever, go live your sad life. I'm sorry. I have no tolerance for that. So that's number one. Don't take it personally. The other thing is just keep being good. Be the good person that I know you are, because I know all the people that listen to That Was Then, This Is You, are wonderful midlife women who are nice. I don't think there's any bitches listening here. I don't think there's any mean girls listening here. I just don't. You won't like this show if you're one of those, because I'm pretty, I'm pretty down to earth, and I don't, I don't stand for a lot of that stuff that those people like to do. So be genuine. If you're in a circle of friends that likes to gossip as their main hobby, uh, that's being a mean girl. So just kind of check yourself on that. Check yourself. I find it really uncomfortable. I used to have a group of friends. There was, I think there were like five of us in the group. And if two of us or two of the five couldn't be at a thing, you could just bet the other three were talking about the reasons why the other two weren't there and kind of like questioning whether that was even a reason. What are we doing? What are we doing? I used to tell my girls, smart people talk about things and ideas and ignorant people talk about people. Is that bad? I just really feel like that's true. So... Rise above the fray and recognize that what you're doing, even when you are just gossiping about a person in your friend group, another, a, a woman, you're being a mean girl. And so that, that shouldn't be happening. Now, I know that there are going to be people that know me and be like, I've seen you talk about, of course I do. Of course I do. Like if a situation happens, just like, the bitch in the restaurant, I'm going to call my sister and talk about it. I don't know that woman. So that's a different story. Like I'm not being mean to her. She was mean to me. And so I want to share it with my sister. I need to dump it because that's what I do. I don't know why it stayed with me as long as it did, but I had to do what I always do. I had to, I had to mess with it and play with it. And I had to just keep hashing it over with my sister. And you know, that's what happens. I'm not proud of that. That means it was still with me. Ew, I can't believe I let that happen. So anyway, when you're gossiping, try to check yourself. I know we all do it a little, but it's really not right. And here's the thing that happens. 
when you're in a group of friends and you're the one that sort of doesn't behave in the same way or you don't jump on the gossip insult bandwagon with the others and you say something like really I I've never noticed that about her I she's always been so sweet to me and I think that her and Steve are such a great couple so no I don't I've never seen that believe me if you do that enough times guess what's gonna happen one of two things they're either gonna just stop because they they feel like you're not one of them and and so they can't have fun they can't have fun with you because you're not participating or they just won't invite you when they're going to have their big gossip festival and that's okay too that's okay too you'd rather not be there you need to be a part of things that are that are good that are for the greater good so don't take it personally and kind of rise above the fray. And the final thing I'll say, because this is a trap I fall into, and I want to make clear what it means. Just because somebody says a thing doesn't make it true. Now, I know you're thinking, okay, well, thank you. Thank you, you really smart person, you. Now, that here's what that's about. Have you ever had a time that you're insecure about something? Maybe it's your hair. Maybe it's your skin. Maybe you have a weird zit for no reason. Maybe you have gained a little bit of weight because of a medication that you were on. Um, something, all right? Something is different about your appearance. And again, because we're so self-centered, we think the whole world knows and is noticing. So you, you are already carrying that idea of that truth right that you look terrible and now let's say that I'll give my sister again as an example let's say my sister says to me that two of our cousins asked about me to see if I was okay that I didn't seem okay or I didn't look like my usual self bam confirmation that you are really not looking good right they confirmed something that you had put in your mind and that you were carrying around they confirmed it and now it's true so the truth is it's not true it's not true think often about the fact that people are not thinking about you the way you are thinking about you Give them the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes people just are concerned. And if a person asks a comment about something about you that happens to be a sensitive subject, that doesn't mean that they are thinking it. And even if they are because they know you really well and they love you, that still doesn't make it true. That just means that they're asking you and they're concerned. You're... Your idea that you're visibly heavier, they don't notice that you're visibly heavier, but you're likely feeling and carrying yourself a little bit differently, which is giving you a little bit of a slump, or maybe you're dressing in a way like to hide and cover things. And so that person that knows you really well notices that and they want to know what's up. But it's not because the part you've told yourself, it's the part of that they notice something's different. And whenever we carry a, a heavy load, 
on ourselves about something, the people that love us the most know it. And that is like an exposed nerve. So the second somebody asks, are you okay? You're like flying off the handle. Why do you mean am I okay? Yeah, I know you're thinking, what is wrong? She looks like she's gained 20 pounds. Or why does she have acne all of a sudden at 50 years old? And the person is looking at you jaw on the floor like, that's not what I meant. I just, it just seems like you're, you know, different. So let's be really mindful of the story we tell ourselves and that if someone says something or asks you about something that still doesn't make or confirm something you think about yourself that's negative. So if a mean girl just by coincidence happens to give you the up and down and you already don't feel great that day because this outfit you're wearing is questionable. We've all done it. We're like, I'm going to try to be really sassy tonight. I'm going to try these pants and these shoes and I'm going to make a statement with this. And you feel really great. And then the minute you walk in somewhere, you're like, wow, this is such a bad idea. I do not feel good in this. And then somebody gives you the up and down. You don't know. Maybe they love what you're wearing. But you've already decided that you have doubt and insecurity about it. And so they're just going to pile that right on. So my friends, the moral of the day is that grown up me and girls exist. I know that you're not one of them. But pay attention to how you support other women. We have to be supportive of other women, of each other in the things that we do. We can't be tearing each other down. There's enough of that coming from other places. There's enough reason for us to have to work hard. We don't need other women driving us down. We don't. And as a coach for women in midlife, and I love to focus on confidence because it's been a journey for me and I'm on the other side, I feel so much better. This is important. We need to tell ourselves the right thing about who we are and we have to stay always forward looking and really be gracious and grateful to our body and our mind for what it is and what it does for us every single second of every day. We need to love it no matter what stage we're at. We need to love ourselves and that means we all become bulletproof. I have to channel my sister all the time because I have to align with her mindset and I had to, to get to a place where this stuff doesn't bother me. But I will tell you this, getting older definitely helps. That's the huge, huge ass benefit to being in midlife. I just feel like we're at a point where we're going to be able to say what we want we know who we are. We don't have to be apologetic about thinking about ourselves first for two seconds. We don't. It's time. It's our time. And that's really what this podcast is about. But I just had to go on a little rant about grown-up mean girls because I want you to pay attention. And if you see 
or experienced one, please share it with me. Please share it with me. I'd love to hear the story and I'd love to talk about it some more. So thank you all again for joining me on episode one of That Was Then This Is You and I'll see you next time.